But time had done nothing to fill the emptiness. There were days when she feared the loneliness would swallow her whole. She looked back to the table where the letters lay. Could this be the answer she sought? Could her decision fill the emptiness once and for all? The clock chimed the hour, and Marty knew it wouldn't be long before the Barnett carriage showed up to take her to her sister's for the Christmas celebration. Marty took up the letters and tucked them in the pocket of her apron. There had been a time when she might have prayed about her decision, but not now. After God had refused her prayers to save Thomas's life, Marty had hardened her heart. God was now only a bitter reminder of a trust that had been broken. I'm going to do it, Marty announced to the empty room. I'm going to marry a man I've never met and do not love. I'm going to marry him and leave this place forever. That evening, as she settled in to exchange gifts with her sister's family, Marty looked for the right moment to break the news. She had already determined she wouldn't tell them about the classified advertisement that had started her plans. The Dallas Daily Times-Herald had run the request for a full week. Texas-born man, now living in Colorado, working as a banker, wishes to correspond with a Lone Star lady, seeking potential wife who would display the virtues, sensibilities, and wisdom of a strong Texas woman, must be willing to leave Texas for Colorado. Marty was more than willing. She didn't desire to remarry, and still wasn't sure why she'd responded to that ad. But after the man's first reply, she had known it was fate that had brought them together. Jacob With wasn't looking for romance or love, just a woman who would bear his name and act as his companion. You aren't paying attention, Aunt Marty. She looked up to find the entire family staring at her, her nephew Robert standing to her left with a gift extended. Marty flushed. I'm sorry. I was just thinking on, well, she smiled and let the words trail off. Let's see what we have here. She took the gift box. Hannah seated herself beside her husband, William. I hope you like it. Marty pulled a bright red ribbon from the box. I'm sure I will. You always have a way of figuring out just what I need most. She opened the box to reveal a set of four small, leather-bound books. Lifting one, she spied the author. Jane Austen. Thank you. We knew you'd taken to reading more, William Barnett offered. Hannah said these were some of your favorites years ago. Marty nodded as she perused the titles. Hannah used to read them to me. Andy thought himself above it all, but he always managed to sit close enough to listen in. Hannah laughed. Our brother was not half so sly as he thought himself. Speaking of Andy, Marty said, looking up from the box, have you had word? William nodded. Marty had to admit she held her brother-in-law in great affection. His marriage to Hannah had been the best thing that had happened to the Dandridge family. After the death of their father, William had stepped in as protector and provider. We had a letter just a day ago. 
Hannah wanted me to save it for tonight. Kind of like having Andy and his bunch with us. Now's just as good a time as any, Hannah declared. She pushed back a graying blonde curl. At 53, and despite years of hard work, she was still a beautiful woman. I envy her. I envy her peace of mind and happiness, she thought. Marty shook her head and looked away. Envy was a sin, but so too was lying. William pulled the letter from his pocket and opened it while Robert took a seat. Andy and the family send Christmas greetings from snowy Wyoming. Marty shook her head. I think he was ten kinds of fool to move his family up there. He never liked the colder weather. Yes, but since Ellen's family is from that part of the country...